Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Steeler fans? This is Jeff Hartman of the Steel Curtain Network. Joining me on the Steelers preview podcast is Dave Schofield and Brian Davis. Before I bring those in, the guy that just said that, picking my pick ends, I actually am trying to get that guy on my Let's Ride podcast. Yeah! Yes! Special guests, Dave Schofield and Brian Anthony Davis, too. <laughs> I even said in the Twitter message, I was like, I don't speak Spanish, but I just want to talk to you about like the Steelers over like, in, in Spanish-speaking countries. We'll see if we can get him. Anyways, Dave Schofield, what's going on? Uh, not much, Jeff. Just it's It's nice to have... NFL things actually somewhat happening. It's uh, after a, a lull for a little for a couple weeks. This is good. There is some news for sure. Brian, what's up? Hey, I am just happy to be here. Not on on the milk carton. I'm not in the obituary, so it's a good day talking to my good buddies in black and gold. And go ahead, lay it on me. <laughs> I'll let the live chat do that. I'm not saying no. anything. All right. So anyways, uh, we're, what we're talking about today is the NFL combine. And Dave mentioned the Steelers event. Uh, Dave mentioned that there's some news. And of course, the Steelers met with every flipping cornerback and defensive back they could. The first two days were like right in the Steelers wheelhouse. You have the first day in terms of meetings and interviews at the podium was the defensive line and linebackers. Then day two, you're talking about cornerbacks and safeties. Hello. Like this is, these are the team needs for the Steelers. I, I want to talk about a different aspect of this though. First, and it has to do with some controversy. And that is one, Mr. Gosh, I forget. Jalen. Is it Carter, Georgia? The one that was uh, with all the issues in Athens, right? With the accident that killed a staffer and a, a fellow teammate. So there's every now and then you have an event. Normally it's closer to the draft. This is obviously much more serious, uh, but how much would that impact your board and where that player falls on the board? If you are a team that could be interested, this guy's a top talent. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of people that say he is a top 10 pick Dave. I'm going to start with you after what we know, misdemeanor charges fled the scene of the crime could be, somewhat involved with racing. I haven't read the specifics. That's just what I know. You're the GM of an NFL team. It might be in a top 10 pick. Are you saying, yep, passing on that guy? Or what What are your thoughts? 
Well, when it comes to Jalen Carter, the the whole idea is right now you continue to do the thorough things that you have the availability to do now. You don't want to miss out on on an on opportunity to 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 gather the medicals and things like that at the combine, which is happening right now, just because of that issue. Because the draft is still almost two months away when you when you think about it, because we're at the very beginning of March, right. it's the very end of April. So therefore, you still gather your data that you can gather now, but that is additional data that you are going to be gathering after the combine and things of that nature. Um, As we know, your big board can change based on your own free agency. So free agency still has got got two weeks until it really, almost two weeks till it kicks in. So therefore, it's one of those things that you definitely want to look into, but it's not something that has to affect what you're doing right now. But come the end of April, what you determine by then can ultimately change that. Okay. So let me ask it a different way to avoid a Dave answer. Would it change? That wasn't a Dave answer. That was a, that, I mean, <laughs> no, hold on. You, no, no. you changing what you're doing with the combine. No, but yeah. this is serious stuff. The dude had to go back to Athens to deal with, mm-hmm. to, to, you know, speak with law enforcement and then he has to post bond. You're, you're telling me that as of, as they sit there right now, yeah, more information can come to light, but right now you're not thinking the teams are making a judgment on this. Yeah. But you're, they're not also putting their big board together right now either. I mean, I, they're, think, they're, 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 I think their big board's been done and they're just moving. No, it you're around. gathering it's not finalized, but oh, they no. have big boards. Are you kidding me? If Andrew Wilbar has a big board, NFL <laughs> no, but no, but I meant a finalized big board. That's what that, I mean. Yeah, that's so going yes, to continue. I mean, you you know what you're doing right now? You're putting a little asterisk next to it to say we've got to see how what what information okay. um, is able to be gathered on this one. N- no different than someone who you're concerned about with an injury that you're going to want to worry about getting that inf- information between now and April. I mean. I say no different, meaning you want to gather more information. Obviously, it's a different kind of information you're gathering. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Brian. Your turn. I'm just saying I'm still here, guys. Uh, yeah. We'll get to you. I, 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 didn't, I, I want to know who our special guest is tonight and what happened to Brian. Get me just a couple minutes ago. And, yeah. and then you insulted Dave, and then he had to stick up for himself. <laughs> uh, so I got to go in a completely different direction. So I'm just going to say this. Call Magnum P.I. Mm-hmm. called Thomas Sullivan Magnum. And what you do is you just investigate this guy more and more. Now, I'm sure the NFL is doing it, but you want to find out more and more, is this the only thing that the kid's ever done wrong? And we don't know we don't know the details of everything. But what we do know is we know he's a talent, and you've got to look more into see now. Is this going to be a problem in our locker room or was this a one-time very big mistake? And we, you know, he was a part of it, but he wasn't in the car. He wasn't driving. So there's a lot of thing to look at here. I always worry that when there's smoke, there's fire and there's so much more going on here. So you want to, when you vet somebody, you just dig into everything and you want to find out what he was doing on Memorial Day weekend in 2016 you want to find out about all of those things but to make sure that uh this isn't something that that is going to continue to happen again and it'd be a problem in the locker room 
This is well, one, oh, go ahead, Dave. Go oh, ahead. I was going to say you also want to. It, it's not just the the teams that were at the top now. Now teams sitting further down the draft, maybe even like the Steelers, they have to start looking at this because now there's the possibility that because of this issue that this player could fall. And this might have been someone that you weren't even considering because he wasn't going to be around. And now you're like, we've got to do the due diligence as well because other teams might, you know, they might say, you know, not not anyone in the top 10 is like, it, it's not worth it with what else is available. Maybe by the time it gets further down, those teams who never thought a player like that would be available, they're going to have to look into it as well. This is why I get so mad that a movie that I like is about the Cleveland Browns. And that's draft day. <laughs> I because, love that movie. Yeah, it's when his teammates didn't go to the party. Like, why didn't they go to the party? Like, That's what Brian's suggesting. You get Tom Selleck out there and you say, let's figure it out. So this is going to be a fun exercise with this group. Sean Manahan gives us $5. Thank you very much for the tip. Let's pick number 17 of the NFL draft. The Pittsburgh Steelers select. You have to give a name. We'll start with Dave. Who says it has to be a name? He didn't well, specify that. Okay, so what are you going to say? No, no, I was going to give a Dave answer. I was hoping you would give 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 uh, give 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 bad the first opportunity. Um, if I want to go right now, the player I want at that pick where we stand today on March 2nd. Yep. Okay, knowing that a lot changes, even in our own opinions. Give me Skaronsky. Oh, you think he falls to 17? No, but I'd oh, love it okay. if, he did. <laughs> if he did. Because people are like, oh, do you really want him? Is he really a tackle? No, the fact that he could play four, maybe five spots on the line. Yeah, give me that. Because then wherever you, you have somewhere where you need him, wherever you would need him most first, boom, there he goes. Give, give me a player like that. Okay, Brian, what about you? With the 17th pick of the NFL draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select. The kid from Oregon. <laughs> Gonzalez. Uh, Nick Gonzalez. Christian, Christian, oh, Christian Gonzalez. Nick yeah. Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Different, different player. Yeah. And okay. I tell you what, I uh, and I knew I was just I was just uh pausing for effect. Um, <laughs> I love everything about this kid. I now that's not uh, that's not Kevin Smith's pick. You can check that out tomorrow on Here We Go the Steelers show. He thinks there's another corner that not a lot of people are talking about that would be perfect for the man to man, and it's not JPJ either, Joey Porter Jr. For those that you know can't do initials. Uh, so all I'm saying here is when this guy talked about, I, I actually feel that after today after uh, hearing what he's saying about Mike Tomlin, that he's praying to get that 4-1-2 call. A lot of these guys are, and that's really exciting about the whole thing, but I don't know if he's going to fall down there, but there's going to be a lot of moving and shaking, especially after this week with the corners, and it's going to be interesting to see. But I think that if you're going to pay attention to a guy and if you're going to pick a corner, you want to pick higher. We don't want Artie Burns here. We don't want the fifth best corner. Don't wait until 32. But if I had my druthers, I'm going with Christian Gonzalez. I like Christian Gonzalez. I think he's going to be off the board, though. And I think that uh, – keep it in the family. I think it's going to be Joey Porter Jr. And PZ Jr. will be there. And I think that will be a great story. Will he live up to the hype? I don't know. Everyone's talking about his lack of production at Penn State. Some people are saying it's like Darrell Revis, his last year at Pitt. No one threw his way. That's why he didn't have the interceptions. 
I don't know if that's true or not, but that's who I'll go with. Sean, thank you for the tip. We do appreciate it. All right. Keeping with the, the topic of the, of the uh, combine, I want to ask you all, when you look at these freak athletes, cause they're all freak athletes. You got guys from as 300 pounds running four or five forties. Like that's insane. Okay. That's absolutely insane. And I think we had a defensive lineman this evening run the fastest 40 times since like 2000 or 2003. So when you see some of these incredible feats and it was the Georgia pass rusher who missed the season, he was the one that was on the sideline wearing the glasses. His 40 time was faster than both Stefan Diggs and Deandre Hopkins. I think he was sub four, four. It's, it's incredible stuff. How much does that move these athletes on your scale in terms of not like, Oh, I'm going to move them up my draft board. But what does that do for you? If you were looking at it from, an organizational standpoint. Dave, what do you think? Okay. For me, when you see something that jumps off the page like that, that's when you say, it's time to start digging into this guy to see if something about the numbers really stands up to how they play on the field, how the film holds up, and and things of that nature. To me, I, I I don't want freak numbers at the combine to be the reason you choose someone, but freak numbers at the car combine could make you dig deeper into a player and make you realize that maybe there's more there than what you would have thought. Um, just you didn't even really catch it because of all the other players that are out there. So that, that, uh, that just to, to do more due diligence, if that makes sense. There you go, Brian, you can get freak numbers in 1989 out of Deion Sanders and you can get freak numbers in 2014 out of get ready after wins, Drew Archer. That could happen. <laughs> and so you make sure, and a lot of what Dave said, now you dig in more. You make sure now, but can he catch? Can he do this in pads? And that's the big thing. We we call it the underwear Olympics. And but can they do it more in pads? Because that's that's completely different. Running in a straight line is a whole lot different than running a pattern. And we know that. Uh, that could be for a receiver. That could be a corner. That could be for anything. So that's something that you want to look at. It's definitely one that makes you take notice. And you say, oh, I got to add him to the list and dig in. And I might fall in love with him. That's great. Then you have a lot of Philadelphia Eagle fans that if you just bring up 1995 and Mike Mamola, who, who they picked, I think, ninth overall because he was a freak at the Combine, it didn't work out. So I kind of think the, the Combine can be fool's gold. And I, I know I use fool's gold for a lot of things, but you do your homework, then you do more homework, and then you do extra credit if you're going to look at talent. Yeah, on Monday's Let's Ride, I had Roy Countryman on who's done his fair share of scouting, and that's what he said essentially is that, hey, if someone has a, a time that makes you go, wait, what? They really? They ran what? Or they did they did what in the bench press? Because it makes you want to go back and reevaluate that, that prospect and see if maybe you missed something. I'll tell you what stands out to me, and I want to get Charles' take on this. What stands out to me is, is, let's say, a quarterback that doesn't have an injury but says, I'm not throwing at the combine. I don't know why that rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> I just don't understand why they wouldn't throw And that. They'll say, ah, oh, you can come to my pro day. Okay. But why can't you, th- if they're injured, I get it. Like I understand if someone says, you know, Hey, I, in the national championship game, I, I tweaked my shoulder, whatever. That's fine. I understand that. 
But if you have no injury and you're a quarterback and you're not going to throw, what are we doing here? Dave, what are your thoughts on that? Okay. I'll give you a reason why, and then I'll give you a reason why I don't like it. The reason why is some of them, they, you know, it's it's the big stage, everything else. They want to throw to receivers that they're comfortable with working with, that they know are going to be the ones that are catching the ball and running the routes and, and making the breaks and everything else that they're doing. That's which I get because it's the whole point of the draft is to increase your stock. So if you're going to work with receivers that you're used to working with, hopefully they're going to make you look better. But the other thing is, are you going to be throwing to your own guys the first NFL practice you show up to, the first OTA? No, you're not. So to me, I'd almost like to try to say, hey, how do you work with a random receiver that you've never thrown a ball to before? That's what the combine could tell you. So I I, I get why they would think that way, that they save it for their pro day because they think in their own controlled environment where they're throwing what they want to throw and not what other and not what they're told to throw at the combine. And they're throwing to who they want to throw to, not who they're told to throw to at the combine. I get that. Um but at the same time, it's also a chance to show that you could do it all and you don't have to have your own people. What about you, Brian? My diva alert goes off when <laughs> when I hear that. So I'm going to be more impressed with a quarterback that is going to say, hey, I'm throwing anybody. I'm out here. This is me. It's kind of like Dave said, you know, this is me. I can do whatever you ask me to do. And then I'm because I'm going to think about that. Because I'm thinking about when contract time comes around, the guy that's willing to do anything and to prove that he belongs there, or the guy said, hey, come to my party, you know, uh, inv- invitation only, and, you know, come to my pro day, and then you get to see there, but you don't get to see it with everybody else. And that kind of, yeah, that rubs me the wrong way, Jeff. I mean, that, like I said, diva. And I'm a guy, you can't spell Davis without diva, and I get that, but... I'm calling those guys out. I'm looking at those guys on a separate list because you know what? If you're the real deal, kind of like Dave said, you're the real deal. Go to the combine. You have nothing to hide. Let me ask you all a follow up here. So I think most people would say Bryce Young and uh, CJ Stroud are the top two quarterbacks in this upcoming draft class. If you're CJ Stroud and most people have him as number two and Bryce Young says, I'm not throwing at the combine. If you're CJ Stroud, you say, you bet your, you know what, I'm throwing at the freaking combine. I'll show them. The, is, is that your approach? That's the way I naturally think. Brian, is that where you're going? Absolutely. Dave? Are you living in your fears? Uh, <laughs> right there. It's not that it's not going to yeah. go well. No. Show confidence in yourself that you can go out and get it done regardless of the setting. Yeah, I mean, and I I think last year, I don't think any quarterbacks didn't throw. I mean, there was a, it was considered a bad class. Kenny Pickett was being ripped to shreds for his hand size, so he had to throw. You could not throw. I mean, it would look horrible if Kenny Pickett wouldn't have thrown. What do you all think about, um, you know, I, I'm not shocked. I, I, I really am. Sometimes I, I am kind of surprised by these national headlines about how Omar Khan's like, yeah, we have our quarterback. We're not looking at quarterbacks. Like, why is that even a story? What, what do people expect? I don't, I, I saw this on Twitter before we went live. There were people that were writing articles about how Omar Khan said he's slightly concerned about Kenny Pickett's concussions, but they're happy with the quarterback that they have. Like, man, I was, 
I was kind of surprised by that. But nonetheless, I, let's wrap up the combine talk with this. If there's one position group that you're most excited to watch do any type of testing, Dave, what position group is it? All right. Well, first thing, I had to comment to something you said there. Thank you for naming two quarterbacks in the draft that are going at the top, because otherwise I wouldn't even know. Do you want to know why? Because like Omar Khan, I don't care about the quarterbacks. This is not a draft yeah. for the Steelers to take a quarterback. Even if you're one of those out there that you're not sold on Kenny Pickett being the future, I get it. But you don't turn around and take a quarterback again in the first round in 2023 after you did it in 2022, unless something catastrophic happened last season, which it didn't. You just don't do it. You'll, you're you're going to set your franchise back if you, if you do. Um, now, if something crazy happens in the draft – I, I, I still don't know if you do it. You, it just doesn't make sense. So honestly, I don't know who's the number one quarterback. I don't know who's the number three quarterback. I try to look. Honestly, when I look at the mock drafts, I looked at there's a QB. I want to see how many are taken in front of the Steelers because everyone that is is a good thing. But I don't even look at the names. Is there what? Is there maybe three or four that might go before 17, something like that? There are some people that have upwards of four quarterbacks going yeah. in the top 10. Uh, yeah, Will Levis, the kid from Florida. Is it? He, yeah, there's a Florida, there's a Kentucky, Florida, Kentucky, Alabama, and Ohio Alabama State. And Ohio State. Yeah. I, I know the schools, but I can't even keep their names straight. And you're like, how do you not know that? You know why? Because it doesn't matter to me. Because you ask what position group I look at, you know what the answer is going to be, Jeff. It's the offensive line. I always love to oh, see. Yeah. I want to see the big boys rumbling. I want to hear what they do. And then I want to want to hear about how, how much they put up on the bench press, which is not the same day as the on-field activities, which was a complaint last year that, hey, they have to do all these other things to wear them out, and then they got to go bench press. So, no. For the ones that are doing on-field activities today, the bench press is tomorrow. They have some, some other media thing, and it's see you later. I like that because – Here's something that I've seen a few people do that, that I've always loved. If you can get the right film of the offensive line on their on their 40-yard dash, don't worry about their 40-yard dash. Look at their 10-yard split. What do they do in the first 10 yards? As someone who was a who, who was a former shot putter and coach shot putters, both in the high school and collegiate level. That's one thing about, about big guys that, that did shot put. They could beat most sprinters in a 10-yard sprint because of the explosiveness they needed to do in the event. I want to see the explosiveness of the offensive line. I want to see a 10-yard split for them and just kind of see how quick they are off the line. There you go. Brian, what about you? I like watching the linebackers. Uh, you know, I, I think they have to do a little bit of everything. But I want to touch on something that – that you said about the uh, national media and look, this is where they make stories and this is where they go and get their headlines and they're not in house. When I'm saying not, we're not in house. We're not in stadium. We're not, you know, at the facility, but they don't cover the Steelers. So it's easy to look at it and say, Oh, Kenny Pickett was one of the worst quarterbacks last year as a rookie. He didn't light it up. He didn't do all this. So we're going to base our narrative on that. We're going to base our narrative on this. The narrative last year for teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Seattle Seahawks, those guys, it was it was the same type of stuff because we're going to pigeonhole them from what we think we know, and then we're going to throw out something like small hands and make it a big deal when guess what? The general managers aren't making a big deal out of this stuff. So I kind of also like the dog and pony show of I like the chaos. I like the carnival atmosphere of the combine too. I, uh, you know, 
do I want craziness, but I know it's coming out of it. So I want to watch the foolishness of everybody trying to break down these guys at the combine and add reasons why you shouldn't draft them. And some of the reasons are so they could, uh, they're hoping to change the narrative a little bit. They're trying to scare people on guys. They're trying to, they're trying to make stocks drop and they are trying to make a name for themselves with that big headline. I don't believe in the big headline. I listen to what the coaches are saying. And when I'm talking about the dog and pony show, I love what the coaches do. And I love to see how they operate the GMs as well. I, I love this whole process for that. Yeah. The dog and pony show. And, and that's something I spoke with uh, Jeremy uh, Betts on Friday's let's ride podcast was, you know, you gotta be able to distinguish. I, I think back to, as, as again, right before we went on the air, I'm look, I'm scrolling on Twitter. The Steelers put out George Pickens 40 from last year. What did we all hear all of a sudden? Is like out of, out of the blue? Well, this guy's got an attitude. He's a little bit of a diva. He's, he's, you know, all these, all these issues. And that's something Mike Tomlin was very defensive about this past season. When anyone would bring up some type of behavioral issue or anything like that with George Pickens, because George Pickens didn't do anything. Does he want the football? He's a wide receiver. What wide receiver doesn't want the football? What are they basing this off? off of a fight against a Georgia tech defender his freshman year in college. I don't know. You hear these stories all the time. These agents talk to people like Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport. And next thing you know, a couple tweets go out and rumors are swirling sources say, and the kid gets drafted in the second round. Hey, that benefits the Steelers in George Pickens case, but still those things do happen. They absolutely do happen. All right. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. I do have to laugh because I I laughed in my car so hard on Wednesday morning after the Scobro show when Dave went on this little rant about how there's not going to be any ads or anything. So we'll be right back. And lo and behold, there were ads. In the <laughs> Good. Good. I love it. I was laughing so hard because sometimes there aren't any. <sighs> uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we're back. Maybe there were commercials. Maybe there weren't. I don't know. I guess you have to. I don't know. I'll have to listen and find out. But I was laughing in my car. So I was driving to the gym, and Dave's like, "There's not going to be any commercials. All this stuff." And and they're like, uh, I, was, "I was like, yeah, I'm like, there's probably what was not it for? Be commercials." Uh, one of them was Shady Rays, which it's a sunglass mm-hmm. brand. It's really good, actually. Um, oh, hey, this is something I want to bring up. Amen. Thank you. Amen was on my. Let's say he did a, had a question for Wednesday. You all would be a good one to do this article with. Maybe we'll do this this weekend. I'm going to bring this comment up. He said, uh, are you planning on creating a book review post for the website? Would love to get recommend recommendations for Steeler books. So wait, Eamon, I didn't forget that. And he put that on the, the mailbag for my Wednesday let's ride podcast. So I think the three of us could probably put together a pretty decent list of Steeler books that would, we, we would recommend for people to try. Uh, of course, Jim Wexel's books would probably be on there as well. I know Gary Prominence, uh, their life's work is phenomenal. Uh, Gave Brian one of those, and he 
lost it or it was destroyed. One of the others. In yeah. a flood, and I got you a replacement, right? <laughs> I don't need the replacement. I want you to read the book. It's a phenomenal book. Um, what other books would you all put on that list? Anything? Well, Brian, Brian's ducking out for... Oh, he's grabbing the book. Here's a replacement. That? That's, the <laughs> That's a book? Yeah. It, Where's it, the cover? It, uh, it's somewhere, because this <laughs> one... <laughs> How are we supposed to judge it? It re- reads the same. <laughs> so what books would you put on there? Like Bill Cowher's book was good. I enjoyed Bill Cowher's book. Uh, my brother was not a huge fan of it. He said it was boring. I was like, well, I don't know. That's my brother. But still, um, Dave, is there any books? Dan, you would- the Dan Rooney book? I'm trying to remember Dan which one it was. Well, I, didn't remember, I haven't read that one. Dan oh. Rooney's book is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I will. Uh, I loaned it to my dad. And I never got it back. <laughs> Well, there's that whole book about the Rooney family, yeah. and it's referenced in uh, some of the other books. Um, for me, there's one that I found at a bookstore like for a dollar, and it's called Lost Sundays, and it's the story of the 1986 Pittsburgh Steelers. And you would think that that would be a book you'd want to stay away from. It was just really fascinating to see stuff about Tunch and Wolf and drafting Bubby and the situation and how Chuck Noll kept was trying to keep it all together. And it just happened to be a really bad season, but he signed on from the very beginning. And that's uh, that's the season that they covered. Now, another book I want to tell you about is probably two of the most famous Steeler books of all time. And they hold up gentlemen. And it's uh, one is fighting back with Rocky Plyer. I think it's a must read for every Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And I've every a, just every just historian too. I've never read that one. I've I've got another one because I don't read a lot of books. Um, I went through a point in my life. I like for the longest time I didn't read at all. And then what do you know? I got glasses and I started reading. Um, because I didn't get glasses till I was 30. Uh, <laughs> then I read a bunch of what books, and now the problem is I don't have time to read as much books. But the first book I read when I started reading books again, it is not strictly a Pittsburgh Steelers book, but it is it involves the the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that is Quiet Strength by Tony Dungy. Mm. I read that, yes. Okay, there's and, we'll, we'll, we'll do this. Go ahead, there, there's one more, and sure. this is probably one of the most famous Steeler books of all time. It's by Roy Blunt Jr. And it's called About Three Bricks Shy of a Load, and it's the 1973 season. And it was right after the Immaculate Reception. It's right when they were coming into prominence. And somebody said something about, hey, this team's about three bricks shy of a load, which means they're not all together there. And this was before that 97... 1974 draft class. I read this about 27 years ago and I've got to read it again. It is just, it, it is probably one of the first books that takes an entire team like that and follows them for a season. And it's, it's phenomenal. I I can't, obviously you talk about Palomalu by Jim Wexel on the clock by Jim Wexel. He did a, a book actually called, um, behind the steel curtain, I believe. And it was about the steel curtain defense. And he also wrote one, which I haven't read yet. And it's about all the fan bars and stuff around the country. So I need to read that one, but I will say that the, their life's work by again, Gary prominence is his name. If you want to deep dive into those 1970s players, it's just the, the, the chapter about Mike Webster is gut wrenching. I mean, it's awful because it, it sucks to his family. It, how, how is, how his life ended 
uh, everything that led up to that. Just really, really tragic stuff. But it tells a lot of stories about the the sauna they had at Three River Stadium. And after a game when you'd have Jack Lambert and Mean Joe Green and Jack Lambert be smoking in the sauna and they'd be ripping each other new ones and drinking beer and stuff. Really awesome stories. I, yeah, we'll put that article together. Go ahead, Brian. There's a guy from the Kansas City Chiefs that was a center, and they would just go at it all game long. And then he missed his flight home with to Kansas City because he was in the hot tub with Green and Lambert. You remember? <laughs> uh, that was in that book. Yeah, it's it, it, legendary stuff. Legendary. So go check out those books, and I'll, we'll, we'll turn that into an article. Maybe. And, and I have to say, thanks, Kevin. Thanks what? He oh, commented okay. on my book. <laughs> oh, that has Dave, nothing to do with the Steelers. Dave's there book you is go. fantastic. Yeah. Well, Co- hey, Shield 91, uh, Cody, he wants to know how to get a, get a uh, Steel Curtain Network flag. Dave? Yeah. Um, I was. I, was <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get a made, and I don't have one behind me. So, yeah. Well, you. Sh- well, that's because <laughs> I forgot to take it last week. And, uh, but uh, someone else has one behind them. I have to so, elevate uh, it a little bit, I think. Yeah. My, mine, I might need to move it to one side or the other. Yeah. I was honestly, uh, I, 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 right now, these are the only three that exist. So, uh, the only reason I didn't do, do more is because we have to make sure that there's no tweaking of the logo or anything like that. Um, whether that's something that we're going to continue to, to, um, with, with the flags, uh, we'll have to have a discussion about that. But just, just to know that, uh, Cody is interested, that's already good to know. Yeah. And we're already saying, you know, we, we need a merch store. Hey, yeah. That's our, our own B dirt there. Uh, yep. Brandon Harriet, uh, you know, I think he's a, a Bengals fan. Be- Don't bring him up. Oh no, he's 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 getting bl- black and gold, man. We're gonna yeah. make him. We're turning him. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not. I I don't. He's know a, a Pirates fan. I actually know some Bengals fans, and he's actually one of the more level-headed ones. I had a fraternity brother who's a Bengals fan. He was the most obnoxious football fan I can ever remember. And that's so what annoying. I explained to him that I always. He's not I- like that though. Yes. I don't know Beater personally, but at least on air, he's not like that. Yeah, and that's the thing. We we always I always say that to him because he had me on the homies the other day. He was ripping on me on uh, um, getting dirty. Um, his his final thoughts basically, and so they set it up so I would show up on the show at the end and go, "Hmm, really?" And you know, give the old finger of doom. And uh, so, but you know, I explained to him every time I talk about how idiotic Bengals fans are. There's two that I mention. There's a guy named Frank from another podcast. And there's a there's B dirt, and I always make sure I do that to let them know that they're they're the good ones. They're not crying bangles, lady. Hey, she was emotional. That's fine. No, um, but she's she's kind of moronic when she's on Pittsburgh Dad. Well, yeah, that was a little much, but okay. <laughs> um, they, they still need to implode that stadium. That stadium, there's nothing good comes out of that stadium. There's all those injuries, and it's been horrific. Just get rid of it. Yeah. Start afresh. Start new. Find a new one. <laughs> All right. Yep. Do we have two? So, so just so everyone knows, what's up? The flags are a possibility. Just let let us. We we have a lot of other stuff we're getting worked out with the podcast and everything. But that's something you know, maybe event. You know, hopefully before too long, I, I can I can get more of that going on. That's 117th on the list. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no offense to you all. I know you would like for those of you who would like to have one, but the to do yeah. list is pretty long. We'll put it yeah. that way. Yeah. Um. I, I said this on Let's Ride. I'll say it here before we get to trivia. Uh, 
you know, we're starting the fans for sports network. It's get it's the, that has been bumped back to April, not our fault, but the Twitter handles out there. Yeah, 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 for sure. The, you can follow us, uh, fans first. Uh, what is it? I created it. SN fans yeah, first I SN. It, I think that's what it is. Fans, fans first SN. And, uh, there, you know, we're, we're looking to fill out all professional leagues. Like if you have experience podcasting and that that's key, I, we're not just looking for fans. Like we want fans, but if you have experience podcasting about a team or something like that, and you would, you're motivated hit me up on, uh, just send me an email, uh, hit me up on Twitter. If you go to the behind the steel curtain.com, that website still exists by the way. Uh, and you go to any article that I write, if you can't find one, I probably died. So check on me there. But if, if you find that name, <laughs> click on it and Twitter, email all of it's right there send me an email say hey jeff i listened to the preview i'm a big i don't know obviously you're a steeler fan we got the steelers covered but i mean let's say you're a big basketball fan of the boston celtics okay sure there you go dave's got it on the scroll perfect i like it did you just do that yes i did look at look at mr <laughs> on the fly yeah me's a big boy yeah Good and job. for those of you listening in audio form we just have the twitter handles for fans first and our and steel curtain network scrolling on the bottom yeah but i'm freaking excited about this and i'm i was really <laughs> pissed off that we had to wait a month i mean we went through all that trouble of being on the air again last week saying march 1st here we go and literally <laughs> 10 hours after we go on the air, we find out, and it's going to be 4 1. It sucks, but okay. it is what it is. I, I got to make fun of somebody here. He's our, our very own Mark Davison, who's a St. Louis Blackhawks fan. So <laughs> I don't know if he knows what, what that What is. in the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think it exists, but <laughs> Marky <Blackhawks>. D. <laughs> Stick to Australian football, man. I don't know. Yeah, oh, the Battle Hawks. That's not a team either. Uh. Or is that an XFL team? Is XFL have a St. Louis? I don't even know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I think they are the St. St. Louis Battle Hawks. I All guess. I know oh, is the yeah. San Antonio Brahmas because that's Heinz's team. That's Heinz Ward's team. And you know why they're named the Brahmas? Well, the Brahma Bowl. Yeah, because the rock, of the yeah. uh, the Rock, Ooh. who is going to be at the DC game this weekend. The DC Defenders, and I was somebody asked me today, "Hey, do you want to go?" My my nephew plays for the DC Defenders. I'm like, "The Rock's gonna be there? Yeah, I, I'd like to go." <laughs> Can you believe? Like some of my students at school, when I'm like, "Oh yeah, The Rock's definitely juicing up," They're like, "No, he's not." And I'm like, "Okay, here we are. <laughs> We're at this stage of denial." <laughs> I still love the man. Oh, he's fantastic. He's on Young Rock's a great show too. Never saw it. Okay, it's a lot of fun. Do we have? Both of you with the uh, trivia? Dave does. I might. <laughs> you might. <laughs> gotta, gotta look on Wikipedia real quick. Go ahead, yeah. Dave. Well, oh, I, I don't I, have to look. I've been trying to keep it a little bit more tight, you know, just just because it's what we have to do uh, because of time strength and time, yeah, time constraints and everything. But uh, so this was going to be a quick one. If you listened to Steeler Stat Geek, this week, I did a dive into some stuff with the Super Bowl because, you know, if it's ultimately about winning the championship and what wins championships, what's the championship game? It's the Super Bowl. Can I, I, was can I at, say something real quick? Yeah. About that show. If you could do a sequel to that one, I would be really curious to see what the Super Bowl champions average during the season. Oh, 
Because, yeah, you did a great job highlighting that one game. But my yeah. curiosity was, okay, so like the Chiefs won it this year, but what did they average for the well, season? When I did the article, I don't know about their average, but I can tell you nine of their 17 games, they scored under 28 points. And what, this week, this season, this season, nine of, yeah, yeah. Nine, no, I want so, you to go back like and, and look at the, just the averages yeah. for the teams that won the Super Bowl like the last 10 years. Like, yeah. I, and, I think that would be hmm. interesting. All right. Well, maybe you have to send me that on Twitter so I can officially add I'm it. I'm not my, sending you on questions. Twitter. I just told you right now. <laughs> I'm not going to remember. How else am I going to say that? like, I no. can't remember your Twitter but, handles too yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, you, you could send it to CLC network and I might see it there. <laughs> Anyway, back, back to that, because I was looking at Super Bowls, and, and the gist of it was, yeah, teams do average 30 points scored in the Super Bowl when they win, but the losers don't even average 17 points. So what's more important, to score 30 or to hold them under 17? It's a really interesting question. But uh, the, I dive more into that in StatGeek. But my question this time is this, looking at Super Bowls, going back now – can I just ask a general question first to help set this up? I said this on my show. When I think of Super Bowls, I don't think of the number. The only, the only time I know a Super Bowl number is if it involved the Steelers. Like Super Bowl 40 and Super Bowl 43 and 45 and yeah. 30. You know, I, I know those numbers. But if you were to say, hey, Super Bowl 27, I couldn't tell you. Brian probably knows. Brian, yeah. Brian could. But yeah, for Bills me, and the Cowboys. But you know, for me, I remember the Super Bowl based on the the year of of the season. So, like this was the this was the Super Bowl from the twenty twenty two season, because that's just ultimately how I how I think about it. But anyway, looking back at those seasons, when is the last time the Super Bowl was in January? Okay, so I know that Super Bowl 43 was in February. So I don't think it's ever gone. <laughs> I don't think it's gone backwards since. So was 40, Brian, was that in February? 40 was February 6th, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Super Bowl 40, uh, that was uh, February 5th. February 5th. Yeah. Um, oh, you were close. Of oh, 2006. So yes. that might have been why you were thinking of a six. And then it's, and then I'll go ahead and just help you out. The year before was February 6th of 2005. So just kind of mix up their numbers there. But when was the last time there was one in January? 1998. So you would say the 98 season, which would be in 1999. Brian. I'm going to go, uh, let's see, I'm going to go. Let's go with Super Bowl 35, the uh, Ravens and the Giants. The Ravens and the Giants of the Super Bowl 35. That one was played on January 28th, but mm. it was the next to last one in January because you said that was 35, right? Yep. So I guess it would be Super Bowl 37 from the 2002 season, which saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeating the Oakland Raiders 48 to 21. That was on January 26th. Now, the next year, when it, when it was on February 1st, that was not the first year it was in February, because as I'm pretty sure you guys know, and at least Brian knows, the first one in February was in what season? Well, you kind of you kind of uh, gave it away, right? 
Did I? Yeah, because if if it was uh if Super Bowl 37 of Tampa Bay and San Diego, Tampa Bay mm-hmm. and the Raiders. So it would be the next year, which would have been, uh, my goodness. Uh, why am I blank? Oh, Patriots and, uh, Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. So that was in three season, 2004. That was the second time it was played. Okay. In, in, in February. Okay. Because I know Brian loves to tell the story that he wasn't supposed to be there, but Brian was at the first game at Heinz Field. Two thousand one. Oh, it's because of uh, because of nine eleven. They had to bump season. the season back a week, and that put the Super Bowl into February for the very first time in the two thousand one season. Other and than I that, tickets for that game, David. I had tickets. Tell <laughs> where blue, red, and silver was in my spot. Damn Spygate. And- and, <laughs> and and every other uh game uh prior to that was in January. They're all there was, you know, um the, the one for nineteen ninety-two that was on January 31st. Sometimes they were really pushing it getting to February, but they never pushed it to February until the, the, the season of two thousand one. Um and the earliest the Super Bowl, I'm not gonna make you guys um uh, answer this, but the earliest Super Bowl ever was on January 9th in nineteen seventy-seven which was one of the better Steelers football teams that did not play in the Super Bowl yeah. in the 76 season. All right. Good stuff. Brian, do you have one? I have stuff that would amaze you, but I'm going to, for the, because of time, I'm going to stay out this week. <laughs> well, why don't you lead us off with the final thoughts then? All right. Final thoughts is look, Mike Tomlin, what he's doing this week is absolutely amazing. It's just like what Mike Tomlin did not excuse me what omar khan did last week too they are going there and they are the ones that everybody is there to meet they are the ones that are being said is genuine and real and when christian gonzalez says that my family thinks the world of him and i'm telling them that no he's so much more than what you think of him then that means that you have somebody representing your favorite team at this combine it goes a long way. It goes a long way with so many things, with free agency five years down the road, with undrafted free agents uh, minutes after the draft over. People want to play for this man. People want to play for this team because the way they are treated. And isn't that what it's supposed to be? You don't want somebody you know, going and, and just waxing your car and saying you're great and then go to the next guy and say you're great. These guys are honest with them and honesty with these players. Like Kevin Smith says, they're not dumb. They know when they're being sold a bill of goods and you're not getting that from Mike Tomlin. All right. Dave Schofield, final thoughts, final thoughts. Um, Check out the stuff coming out with Andrew Wilbar, whether it's um, stuff that we've already shared on Twitter with Behind the Steel Curtain or with their podcast. He's got to speak to some pretty interesting people uh, at the combine this week. Uh, so that that's pretty exciting. But to me, I'm ready for the combine to roll through. I want free agency to get here because to me, the draft is fun because it, it it really shapes the Steelers' future. If you want to know what the shape of the Steelers team is going to be for 2023, free agency is going to be the key. Which guys are they going to be able to retain? Which outside players are coming in? Which guys that played last year are moving on to somewhere else? Um 
really, really excited about that one. So, so in two weeks, we'll have a we'll that idea will start to come a little bit more clear. Very good, good stuff. Yeah, check out where Almina Kimes looks at uh, Andrew Wilbar like he's some weirdo with a camera phone in his face. <laughs> in her face, it's hysterical. <laughs> Ryan Clark was a good interview. Oh check yeah, he was. Out. He was yeah. good. They, they, I, I thought all of them were good. Yeah, go to the BTSE Twitter and you'll see that. So, all right, good show, gentlemen. Dave, why don't you send us off? Hey. See you next week. Everybody else gets a little tight.